0: speak today to Scott Williamson, who is the CEO of Blackstone Minerals. They are a Nickel Play, uh, Aussie-based um, with assets in uh, Vietnam. They do have a couple uh, more assets, uh, Gold Cobalt in Canada and uh, Gold Nickel in Australia. They are looking to offload those either through a JV or some kind of sale. Um, we discussed those at, uh, In some detail, um, but we get into what he's going to be doing with the 6.8 million they raised from EcoPro back in April. Uh, it looks to be drill, drill, drill. Uh, they seem to be also striking some high grade numbers as well. We talk about the business plan moving forward, how they work with EcoPro, and indeed what the exit plan is. So enjoy the podcast. Scott, how are you doing, sir?
1: Good, thanks, Matt.
0: Good to, good to have you back on. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. We uh yeah, we're having a bit of success with the drill bit, so it's yeah. Yeah, it's a good time for an update.
0: Yeah, sounds sounds like. It. Well, you know, doing a bit of research, you, you seem to be having something out almost every other week, so obviously a lot, lot going on, but um why don't we kick off with that one minute overview for people new to this story and we can pick it up from there.
1: Yeah, so we've got an international portfolio of battery and precious metals. Um we we initially started in Canada looking at cobalt. We've got some gold down in Western Australia, but our, our flagship asset is the taquan nickel sulfide project in northern Vietnam, and that's uh, that's the one that everyone's focused on at the moment, and, and that's where we're having some success. So, yeah, it's um it's a focus on um, the lithium-ion battery industry and, and delivering uh, downstream nickel into what is an exciting period going forward. There we go.
0: Yeah, certainly is. Now, last time we spoke, you just done a deal with EcoPro it was about six point eight million. Bucks. Uh, I, I do want to talk about that, but just just as again a reminder for people again new, new to this, you have some assets outside of Vietnam. Have you guys thought any more about what you're going to do there? Because obviously, with the focus on nickel, the money, time, effort on nickel, are you going to offload those, spin them out? What's happening?
1: Yeah, we've actually got a formal process underway for our Canadian assets. so we're seeking joint venture partners. Um, we're talking to more Gold and, and um, Copper focused um, players and we're, we're after bigger balance sheets. So we've, we've got a big play over there that we, we believe um, needs a, a, a sort of mid cap or a major Gold mining company to come in and farm into that. So there's a formal process underway there. The Australian assets are also looking at potential sort of opportunities where we can monetize through Either spin off or, or sale processes. So, yeah, we're we're always looking to I suppose uh, rationalise and, and focus on on our our key asset, which is in the, yeah northern Vietnam. Okay,
0: fine. And I guess in this kind of gold bull environment, are you hopeful of being able to either offload JV or, or or otherwise of the non-Vietnam assets?
1: Yeah, it is definitely a lot of interest in our gold portfolio of assets. Um, the problem being is. The virus has obviously made it a little bit more difficult to do site visits and, and the like. Um, so that process is taking a little bit longer than we'd hoped. But yeah, we're we're confident we'll get some deals done on on these assets and and yeah, we can really focus on our core business, which is nickel in uh, in Vietnam.
0: And just just stick on that just a little bit longer. Are you, are you, would you prefer to offload JV or in some way get some cash from? however you deal with it, to put into Vietnam, or are you more realistic than that and think that perhaps is not going to be the
1: case? Yeah, the the assets are all different levels of um, scale. So the the Canadian asset is is fairly large and and it's a it's a big play. So that that's the one where we're focused on a, a partner or a farm-in type scenario. The gold uh, in Western Australia they they're smaller assets, so more likely to be I suppose sold or or sort of um, yeah fairly clean sort of um, let go or, or spin spin into our own sort of um, I suppose spin-off type scenario so we can we can do it either way whether it's a, a sale or a, or a actually um, get get some value for the blackstone shareholders through a, another listing or, or, or that sort of scenario so yeah that it depends on the asset but um, yeah the scale of the asset obviously de- defines which way they'll go but most likely um, farm in for Canada and then um, the Australian, West Australian gold assets, was plenty of interest there. So, yeah, it could could go either way there, whether it's a spin off or, or, or a sale process. Okay, so,
0: okay, thanks for that. I just want to park those up and let's talk about nickel. Nickel markets holding up a bit, I mean, prices come back down for. Um, you know, I think this week, but the last last few weeks have been quite interesting. A bit of M&A happening um, as well. And obviously recently, this week, Dumont, uh, Waterton packing up Dumont. I think people, the big companies are interested in Nickel again, and again, listening to what Tesla has got to say about their batteries. It's, it's interesting times for Nickel. So we spoke like I said, we spoke last time. EcoPro had um, paid a premium. To get into where into your company, Um, it was quite a good deal. I was impressed with that. Six point eight million bucks. What have you been doing with that money? Because I've seen drilling intercepts. Intercepts. What? What? So tell us all about it. Yeah.
1: So we've. I suppose we've. Hit the ground running with that Echo Pro investment. We've now turned on our third drill rig, so we're having some success at this new Ban Chang prospect. So that's our first massive sulfide opportunity, and we're, we're, we're very happy with what we're seeing there. So it's a, a sort of a dual path of um, exploration, but also very, very focused on the study work. So, as you could expect, uh, Echo Pro are probably more interested in what we've already got. Um, which is this band for large disseminated all body, very large scale. So we're we're progressing those studies, um, particularly with a focus on I suppose delivering um, to our partner and, and partnering on the downstream process. So those studies are, are well advanced now and, and so EchoPro is obviously in in and involved um, with those studies and, and so we're working with their battery chemical engineers and, and so we're we're working on what that partnership will look like. And so, yeah, a, a dual sort of path of of study work, which is um, yeah, in the background. Obviously, a lot of that will come come to market soon, but then um, obviously, market's very happy to see we're also continuing to explore and find uh, massive sulphide, which is yeah, market always likes a bit of that.
0: Well, well, there's there's the question. You know, do you think your partnership is affecting the way that you would plan to develop out the asset because? You know, you've talked about high-grade intercepts. You've also talked, you know, in terms of massive sulfides, BMS, as people know them by. Uh, you also talk about um, broad sulfides, which I guess is at low, lower grade. Is that partnership affecting your ability to make decisions to do the best geological work, or are you looking for market stories?
1: It's a good question because the reason we went and drilled the large-scale disseminated is because we wanted to secure the partner. If we had a v- if we were focused purely on the ASX investor, we would have drilled the massive sulphide from the start, but it was, the strategy was built around the partnership. So we drilled for 12 months into a low, lower grade disseminated ore body, which is still better grade than a lot of the others, but it's, it's a lower grade scenario that we believe the ASX m- investor probably didn't understand, which is fine because we're now drilling the, the stuff that everyone understands, the shiny rocks, uh, but I think it, it the, so that relationship is built on um, over two years of, of work with, with the Koreans. So we, it, I suppose the relationship does drive our strategy, but our strategy is to, to build a nickel mine. And so to build a nickel mine, we have to work with our partner. Um, we can, this will take years to unlock the geology and so we're not going to be rushed into anything but what we've we've already uncovered in the first 12 months is enough to start a mine on and so we're going to use the good science to unlock the rest of the geology but these belts take years and so what we can see is something like say cambelda would have been 50 years ago we're still finding nickel in cambelda today so this will take many many years to unlock but the good thing is, the first 12 months we have found a cracking start, and we're going to we're going to start it on that that first all body.
0: So what's the okay? The EcoPro like a, a significant group. Okay, they've they've got a balance sheet which is obviously very attractive for you. you. You wanted them on board, but what's their expectation of you guys? Because they've got their own drivers. You've got you're a responsibility as shareholders on the public market as well. I mean, there must be some tension there.
1: Oh no, their expectation is that. We, we are good at what we do, which is geology, mining and metallurgy. And they, they understand that that's our skill set. And so they, they're very much leaving that to us. So they've, they've, they've been very, um, I suppose, uh, supportive of the fact that we need to continue to explore and unlock geology. On the other hand, also, um, there's an agreement that we will build or rebuild the mine to deliver Concentrate to a joint venture partnership between Echo Pro and um, Blackstone, basically. So we've already um, outlined a partnership model where we will the mine, which is the Ban Phuk nickel mine, which is 90% Blackstone and 10% local Vietnamese partner, will sell product, which is nickel concentrate, to a partnership which will be built of Blackstone and Echo Pro. So that that was always the case, and that. That was, I suppose, the whole idea of the investment was that now we will look to the next stage of, of investment from EchoPro, which is at the asset level, at the downstream asset level. So we will always continue to be 90% shareholder of the mine and we will sell to a, a partnership, which is ourselves and Echo Pro. So it's, a, it's an agreement, it's, it, there's no structure around how that will be set up yet. But that will be the next stage is we'd put a structure in place, we build a special purpose vehicle to do this partnership and that's what we're working on now.
0: And what, and what timing are you working to in terms of being able to deliver to your partner?
1: Yeah, it's delivering within 12 months is the timeline that we've, we've agreed to. And, and it's at the stage of around that pre-feasibility stage. So we will we'll take the scoping study, take it to pre-feasibility study, a little bit more confidence, and then we'll, we'll build that partnership. So, it's a 12-month it's a time frame from the day we signed Echopro. So, it's, it's probably nine months from now.
0: So, that's pretty aggressive. I know you've got the comfort of um, partnering with a decent balance sheet, but do you feel it's risky building a minor at a PFS level?
1: Well, we'll build a partnership. Um, the the um, final investment decision will be after the bankable study, but the partnership will be built. And the good thing about that is that they will invest into the study, which is the bankable study, as a partnership. So we build the partnership, we work on the bankable study as a as a, a, a JV, and and so and then you'll still need that final investment decision after the studies, the final studies completed.
0: So you're telling me all this happens within 12 months. Am I, am I understanding that?
1: So PFS is Q1 in uh, next year, so 2021, so sort of, let's say March next year, and then it'll be a 12-month process for a bankable study. So, so we let, we start the partnership early in the new year, and then it'll be around 12 months to to finish the bankable study, and then so we're rebuilding the mine in 2022.
0: Got it. Understood. Okay. Wanted to be clear about what you meant by twelve months. Okay. Um, you talked about being able to so sort of needing to develop this thing over years. You obviously feel that you've got something of scale here. You haven't done much drilling. So what what data have you got which leads you to believe that this this will be years in the making?
1: Yeah, so we the Banfook disseminated the large lower grade ore body. There was drilling back in the nineteen sixties. So the government actually drilled some of that. And so when we went in there, we we knew that there was an ore body there, so it was a. There's a lot of, um, I suppose, infill uh, drilling. The, the the problem was, they didn't. Um, back in 1960, they didn't assay for the platinum, the palladium, the gold, and all these other byproducts. So we've now got a lot more data. We've got a, a lot tighter spacing. So it's just 12 months of drilling with four drill rigs, um, and we we we're, we're looking at what will be a majority indicated ore body at Bamfuk and so that then feeds into the studies. And, and so yeah, that process is ongoing because we've still got the King Cobra discovery zone, which we're still finding to, I suppose, the edges of. So we're chasing that at depth and that will, yeah, we, we do have to try and um, work out, well, when do we stop drilling and say, that's the maiden resource. And so that, that um, process is, is happening as we speak.
0: Okay. So we talked earlier about, you know, what EcoPro's business drivers are. Let's talk about you. I mean, at what point do you guys exit? What's the best thing for your shareholders?
1: Yeah, so I think obviously as a junior, um, the the aim is to, to add value for shareholders. Um, that, that could be done through expanding with Echo Pro. So what we know is that Echo Pro will need more nickel than this mine will ever be able to deliver. So maybe uh, there's a, a scenario where we actually look to do this um, further throughout um, other assets or or we look to partner with other major nickel mining companies. Or So the I, I don't sort of see an, an exit being a takeover. I think th- this is a scenario where we have a partner for life and we have an opportunity to build a major nickel mining company with our partner Echo Pro. So I'm happy to, to just continue to do that Wherever that takes us. So um, it's a little bit different to, say, the Canadian model, where it's always all about trying to find a takeover. It's for me as a mining engineer, I'm happy to go and do this again, um, and maybe we do it in Australia or, or somewhere else around the world.
0: Okay. Obviously, markets are quite buoyant at the moment in, in a lot of commodities. Nickel's seen a you know get get uplift in price. Uh, as I said up until this this week, are you nervous at all about the nickel, what the nickel market's going to do over the next six months, twelve months?
1: I look at the copper price and and I, th- I I think that's a great sort of leading indicator for base metals, so very rarely that copper runs ahead and then the other base metals don't follow it. so I'm pretty excited about what that run in the um, or the re- quick recovery in copper means for the other base metals. Um, I think being um, two to three years out from mining, we're not too worried about today's nickel price. We, we know that we can make money at today's price. And but we know that in 2023, we're probably looking at a much higher price than today. So I think the incentive price to deliver enough nickel for the electric vehicle revolution is more like20,000 dollars a ton. So at these levels we won't see, there won't be enough nickel to drive an EV revolution. And so, inevitably, the nickel price will rise within the next three to five years to incentivize mining of nickel for the EV. Yeah,
0: I thought it was interesting. So, um, listening to one of the Tesla uh, chats, and uh, Elon Musk was saying um, Tesla will give you long term contracts if you're environmentally friendly. Um, so, please mine more Nickel. It was an interesting, big statement from them. Um, but I think the rest of the market is cognizant that the automotive industry will take a, a while to kind of you know, get up to the, the um, pre-Covid expectation levels. Um, so it's not, it's, not, it's not a big part of the market. Nickel's not a big part of the battery market at the moment, but going forward it possibly will be. So, um, and do you think you've kind of timed this right? Is that, is that why what you think is giving your shareholders confidence?
1: I think it. what's really interesting about what um, Tesla have come out and said in the last 24 hours is that it actually has exposed the Nickel industry somewhat to what is some fairly unsustainable um, practices. So he's, he's targeting Nickel that's, that's sustainable, It's um, it's using renewable energy. So I believe we have one of the only Nickel mines, that is as sustainable as you can be for a nickel mine. So we have the hydro renewable power. We're, we're looking at a hydro metallurgical process that has has zero emissions, and we will be looking to use electric equipment as much as possible. So we will be looking to minimise our carbon footprint, and we believe that that exact mine that um, Tesla are looking for, we may have. In northern Vietnam, because of that renewable power that we're using from the Son La um, hydropower plant, which is the largest hydropower plant in Southeast Asia, so we're we're lucky that this mine is already hooked in to renewable power.
0: Yes, it's interesting. I, again, sort of going through the notes, obviously following up from our last interview, you know, it's worth reminding people what you've inherited in a way in terms of the 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 mine, the mine facilities, and the concentrator. Someone spent the best part of 130 million bucks on that. You're sitting at a market cap today of around 68 million. So, uh, is, 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 is that what's that down on your balance sheet? I ask. I'm intrigued.
1: <laughs> We're working through that as we speak. Um, as you know, with um, infrastructure, it, it gets written down pretty aggressively. Um, I think it's more about whether we can use it or not and so what we're we're very confident of is we can turn this concentrator on for minimal capex requirement so if we wanted to go and mine a small massive sulphide opportunity that's very low capex because that concentrator is ready to go so concentrator fully permitted um, tailings facility fully permitted uh, underground mine is permitted so we can potentially use that to access further underground mines so it's, um, it's a great bit of infrastructure, but what's probably more exciting and more interesting is how much nickel's been left behind. And that's, that's not in the hundreds of millions, that's in the billions of, of dollars worth of in-ground in value. Obviously we need to understand what that means from an extraction and um, I suppose uh, economic perspective, but it, it's insignificant the amount of money they've sunk into the infrastructure to what they've left in the ground. And that's that's what excites us. Is this is a world class nickel sulphide district, and we're we're in year one of probably twenty or thirty years here. Okay, you've talked about
0: getting this third drill up and running. You've got the rest of the year. Um, are you restricted at all because of you know COVID measures in country, or are you can be delivering regular updates from the drill bit?
1: Yeah, so we're lucky that the Vietnam government locked down the borders back in January. So the, um, we, we believe that Vietnam has um, responded to the virus better than potentially any country in the world. So there's 360 cases from 100 million people and, and that's, so Vietnam is still looking at I think something like 5 or 6% growth this year. It's just, it's an amazing story that's playing out right here. And, and so this movement towards um, removing value chains out of China, Vietnam will be the biggest beneficiary of that movement. And because they've they've worked so well to um, contain the virus and 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 continue to work as as um, work as usual, so no no change for us. If anything, we're ramping up. So as 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 long as I can continue to access capital, we will unlock this nickel sulphide district. So three drill rigs. We'll probably add more. Um, the EM crew is the bottleneck at the moment, so we probably look at maybe another EM crew. So, the EM, which is electromagnetics, that unlocks the massive sulfide opportunities, and we bring the drill rigs in behind them. So, if we had another EM crew, we'd probably throw to another two or three rigs at it. So, yeah, these are all things we we're trying to look at what, how do we unlock this geology quicker and then start this mine quicker as well. Okay, you've got about
0: seven million bucks, it says in your presentation anyway. I don't know what the case is today. Um, when you say ramp it up, are you going to go to market and raise a bit more money to move things forward quickly?
1: Um, if the brokers had their way, yes. But um, it's as you know, there's no lack of capital around. Um, we believe that at today's prices, that wouldn't be the right thing to do. So we're spending half a million dollars per quarter. Um, that that capital raise can last for the next 12, maybe 18 months. But we'll only unlock the geology. Um, as quick as the drill rigs we throw at it. So we will consider, um, I suppose, further injections of capital, but um, probably not at these levels.
0: Okay. Well, you haven't been as high as this since 2000, beginning of 2018. So what, what level are you <laughs> Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just with. getting greedy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, I think... Well, the key thing is we've got some major milestones coming. So, maiden resource scoping study. Finally, the market gets to see what this, what they've left behind in all body number one. So, from a tons and grade and, and MPV basis, I think we would be um, looking at, okay, well, let's get these numbers out there and see where we land, because I'm pretty sure the numbers are nowhere near the current market.
0: So, you think those those moments will be better, those catalyst moments, because. The reason I push people on this one is because the amount of times I hear CEOs talk about catalyst moments, they come and go and no one really cares. right? That happens a lot. The thing that does move um, the dial is the commodity price at that moment in time. So your expectation of commodity price is it will sustain at here or hereabouts for long enough for you to be able to deliver some of these catalyst moments, hope that the market cares uh, and raise, uh, raise cheaper money basically
1: yeah i think commodity price one thing we did track the nickel price very well and now since we've been uh making these discoveries we have broken away from that commodity sort of um i suppose connection with nickel price so we do seem to be um i suppose running our own race a a little bit on that so not as worried about the nickel price Uh, it's more about the edge the market deserves to see what we've got before we we do anything um, because particularly because we did raise a lot of money at low levels and even though it was done at a premium it was it, we were at one some of the lowest levels we've been at, and it was in the the covid um uh, dip i suppose but so we we do owe it to the shareholders to actually try and get as much value from those that 6.8 million dollar investment from eco so um yeah not too worried about the uh, commodity price, but I don't also don't want to look like the guy that kept knocking money back either, because that that's not a good situation to be in. I've spent a lot of time on on the sell side um, in the capital markets, and it's a risky strategy not to take the money when it's there. So I don't, yeah, I've got it to be is, careful here. It's a, it's a, it
0: is, a, it's a, balancing act. But you, you, you know, with seven million bucks, like I, I guess you've got a little bit of breathing room uh, before you need to start thinking about it. But I, I just, again, just trying to get in the mind of the management team. Sounds like you're thinking about things. Um, Scott, I know you've kind of got a hard stop now, so um, appreciate you coming on telling us the story again. It's one we like. I think you're, you're moving things along at a pace, like you say. So come back on, pick up that phone, let us know how things are getting on, alright?
1: No worries mate. Thanks, Thanks for your time, man.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor.